Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Crit, aka CC in the CE, aka Cosmically Critical Esquire the Third. This is your GM and podcaster, Patrick here, your masterfully ill-prepared gaming guru, here again to tell you what is happening middle of June in 2020 when this is recorded. Uh, we have a lot of work already put into Season 2 so far as we are nearing the, the last part of Book 2 of Attack of the Swarm. It's been a lot of fun diving into the meat of this AP, but trust me when I say that everything in the players, characters, backstories, and, and the things that I've added on to this, this adventure path, well, we're just at the very beginning of seeing that unfolding. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, whose side is Zinnia on? What's happening with Echo 7's dreams? Where do Trest and Sprouts fit into the greater story? But probably most importantly, what the heck is happening with Devacho's moat? That last one I can tell you a little about without spoilers, a little behind the GM screen. Tyler's character uh, has a necrotic corruption, which is a, a variant of the corruption rules found in the back of the, the first part of the Signal of Screams AP. While we couldn't play that adventure path for season three, I love the rules so much, I wanted uh, a way to make a corruption that was kind of based on Devasho's black necrotic heart, and which, yeah, embodied necrosis and death and things like that. And thankfully, our, our good friend of the podcast, Jason Keeley, uh, who developed the advanced rules in Signal of Screams, was happy to help out. So they are from him, and while they're not 100% official rules, um, they're close enough for us. And we play with homebrewed rules anyway, from book rerolls to critical fails. So I was so happy to be able to integrate this into the AP. Currently, they are a very secretly guarded rule set. I've, I've not let anyone else see them, so just Jason and, and my eyes. But I've heard from some GMs out there that would like to torture their players with these rules. So when we get a little further in, maybe the next necrotic corruption that Devasho gets, uh, I'm going to post them for free on our Patreon. Uh, which, by the way, if you haven't taken a look at our Patreon, I would do it right now. We have some... Pretty awesome stuff planned for the this summer from the uh, the GM Crit Chats, which just started uh, with me, and there's some other projects coming up. I, I can't spoil anything, but uh, keep a lookout. If you want us to keep producing more content outside of this podcast, we've got a $5 tier, $10 tier, and that's the best way to do it. If you pledge at the $10 tier, you get shoutouts here on Cosmic Crit whenever we roll a critical hit in combat, so feel free to shout out your friends, your gaming groups, or just leave a message for your favorite player, or, you know, maybe me, the real star of the show. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this week's announcements. We have another long episode, so I can't delay it any longer. This is episode 140, and it is called Little, Little Cave, Cave of, of Horrors. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. Side scroll with me into another dark castle as we double jump past flying bats and Medusa heads in this week's episode of Critsylvania Symphony of the Cosmic Night. This is your GM, your Grave Master, welcoming you back to another blood-curdling tale of patricide and joining me in discussing what makes a man throwing away wine glasses and disgust. 
uh, are my five friends and your players spelled backwards. To my right, Burnt at the Stake for her sciencey witchcraft. It's Rebecca rolling with Zinnia. Hello. And across from her, this skeleton lobbing bone grenades at me is going to run out of femurs eventually. It's Drew delivering Echo 7. Wait till you guys get to the Upside Down podcast. To my right, a heavily armored knight slinging a huge boomerang X at you. That does sonic damage for some reason. It's Tyler dredging up to Vosho. Always with the sonic damage. Across from him, a whip-wielding hero who summons the power to slay monsters. It's Jabert playing as dressed. Wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and across the digital table, this small fleet jumps around the battlefield with pinpoint mobility. Why, it's Miles mixing it up with Sprouts. A GM is a miserable little pile of secrets. <laughs> what is a GM? Uh, it's my favorite intro in almost any game. <laughs> in researching this introduction, I th- I mean, obviously there's a PlayStation original, but they like re-released it on the PSP or Vita with Rondo a Blood. less Englishy like dialogue and text. So that that whole conversation with um, uh, th- this is obviously um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. The whole conversation with Dracula in the beginning is a little different. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? I, I think they've yeah. gone. I can't I can't say for certain, but I think when they added it on the PS4, they might have put that back in because it's so popular with people. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> one of the few times we were like, oh, we're going to smooth this out. And everyone's like, no, you put that back. <laughs> Don't touch I, our stuff. It's 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 I I can't I haven't played the PS4 one, but I think I heard someone say that they they put that back in because it's it's too good. It's too good. <laughs> A miserable little pile of yeah. secrets. I got uh, some secrets <laughs> this week for sure. I bet. Can I can I just say uh, the the I am to, I have PTSD over the Owen Wilson. Wow, because wow. when I play Final Fantasy VII with Drew and our buddy Mike. Uh, every time I was trying to battle and I would do attacks and stuff, they would just be like, oh, wow, wow, oh, wow, really? oh, wow, wow. Like every time, it's so like for a string of five minutes, that's almost all they said. They didn't help me at all. They just did Owen Wilson impersonation oh, yeah. while I was trying to fight. Can we get I a was, hashtag wow in the chat stream? <laughs> I was coming unglued. And then you got lost in the desert twice. <laughs> I, that was embarrassing. <laughs> oh. anyway. I, I hope you're putting these all up on our, our YouTube so people can watch you play they through the entirety of Final Fantasy VII for oh. some reason. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. If, if you haven't, um, they might still be going on or maybe you've moved on to Castlevania. Uh, no, I doubt thing. it. I'll probably be playing Final Fantasy VII until... You got to beat all those huge bosses at the end. Those crazy ah. bosses that I won't spoil. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I, I do have secrets. I have human-like secrets this week. Uh, but before we get back into the action of this episode, a quick recap of what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. Taking out Sister Spock was the easy part. The hard part was finding out that Briar had found this lunatic here on Ultranius. And from what the android told me, she didn't make it out alive. I found an RFID chip covered in Rex like blood, and it seemed like I was too late. My name is Sprouts Marlowe, plant investigator. For now. But with this loss, I'm unsure if I can stand going back to this insane war that got my partner killed. All Briar wanted was to unite Los Angeles with her family, and now she's gone. I got blinded by that intoxicating allure of the old femme fatale, the mission, and lost sight of who I was and what I'm all about. Sister Spark may be in cuffs, but she's not done paying for what she's done. Not even close. And when I'm finished with her, the SDF can have what's left. Oh my. Was that the darkest intro we've ever had? I think mm. it was. <laughs> wow. 
it, it was a kind of a dark finish for sprouts. So. War is a yeah, it's it's dark. People die. War Things is heck. Happen. People lose eyeballs left like, and right. His entire reason for being here in the first place just got murked. <laughs> Sorry about that, Miles. You monster. Sorry I had to do it to you. But we will find out maybe maybe some more this week as we get back into it. This week's episode starts very early the next morning, right after you guys have taken down the Reckoner Hall. And it is a time where we see a, a sneaky Strix popping out of the base to get to this Helfon Labs. Rebecca... We, we see you in the early morning. Are you telling the rest of the squad where you're going or, or what exactly you're doing? Or are you just going to sneak away? No, she'll just sneak away. Um, I, it's a little weird because Zinnia, while I don't think she sees anything wrong with her work um, or with the BBRC, she also understands that her work is very classified and letting anyone know what kind of research is, is being done or what her findings are or what BBRC is is working toward any of that could be could be dangerous to other people. So um, no, she would she would definitely be stealing away probably before right before dawn. I'm guessing um, in the darkness before anybody uh, wakes up. We will see. Uh, why doesn't everyone else make a perception check? And uh, Rebecca, what is Zinnia's stealth bonus? I'm going to roll a secret little check. It's pretty good. It's oh, okay. plus fifteen. Oh geez, Louise. <laughs> I'm going to need you to roll uh, a, a, a one, and then maybe I'll have a chance. Looks like we might get the highest as a uh, trest with a 24. And if you are, are resting and, and trying to get some some sleep from this previous night trest, mm-hmm. uh, you are uninterrupted as Zinnia. Zinnia seems to sneak out. I trust my team. To follow the rules. <laughs> yes, Patrick, the old trust, trust. Interesting trust. Mm-hmm. Intertrusting. You're trustworthy. Ah, I was just going to say that. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you have. Let's think of some uh, future episode titles while we uh, <laughs> here. Uh, 47 trusts. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> if you fight a giant fish in in cod, we trust. <laughs> so I I indeed can confirm that you've were very able to stealth pass your sleeping comrades here without what you think them anyone uh, taking note. Um, so Zinnia is able to get to this rendezvous site uh, about ten blocks away downtown area, so you can easily fly there or. or go through the motor pool and take a small vehicle. Um, but by the, the time you get there, maybe dawn is breaking and uh, it's a fairly unassuming uh, floor of a, a four-story building. And you're buzzed in um, past the, the main office and uh, are able to pre- present your, your BBRC credentials and you see this entire floor is um, made of glass, um, partitioning multiple laboratories and offices Inside, you see that they have large DNA sequencers here, matter designers, and spectral analysis machines kind of running behind um, noise-canceling steel glass walls. And it's only a few minutes after you, you come to the office that a, a short human male greets you and introduces himself as Jan Billings. Uh, and you somewhat recognize this face as a like a spokesperson for the BBRC. Um, so you've seen him in the news and maybe various Infosphere videos talking about some of the t- 
technological and scientific advances in fighting the swarm. Uh, he does wear a lab coat um, and offers you one as you uh, he kind of like ushers you inside and says, uh, oh, hello, Zadia. Yes, it, it's good to meet you. Uh, we, we had some reports of your activities from our, our friends in the SDF as, as well as some civilian action documents that I was able to prepare. Um, I feel like I, I know you already. It is uh, great to hear that uh, you and your squad were able to make it off Susquehanna alive. Yes, we were very lucky. And fortunately, I was able to take a, a good variety of samples with me. Um, unfortunately, couldn't get everything, but we were in a big hurry uh, trying to get off off planet. Well, we, we had many scientists make it off Susquehanna. We also had uh, some that were able to save their research from the, the planet. But yeah, very few scientists were able to get away with live cultured samples of swarm components. He taps a card and leads you into a back behind some more offices and labs while while talking. Uh, there's been some contention here over who's going to be your, your lead on your samples, uh, working them on the laboratory side. But, uh, well, in the end, there was only one volunteer who also made it off of Susquehann with an entire lab of data and equipment. He opens the door and a large chair in this office swivels around at a science station. And you see Xantos Lodgeward in front of you, of course. <laughs> there's only like... 10 NPCs in this entire book. <laughs> you just hear Sprouts like from his bed calling, no. <laughs> Sprouts wakes up in a a, a plant sweat. Like, sweat. Oh, oh, what? Uh, what? Hi. Uh, I, I believe you, you are already acquainted, uh, which is splendid because we can dispense with the pleasantries. Uh, Jan uh, takes your your case that you've been carrying with you, your uh, your science kit, and props it up on a, a clear plastic glass work table. Lochwert says, uh, Private Zinnia, it's a pleasure to see you outside the confines of our previous mode of transportation. I, I trust you're doing well. I am, and I trust that you are as well, Lochwert. I hope that... Our meeting this time puts us on the same side and not opposite sides like our previous engagement. Well, I don't see the uh, the rest of your meat-headed crew, so probably we'll, we'll do fine here. Uh, I'm excited to get to process your your samples. Tell me, Lochwart, did you choose this assignment or were you saddled with me? <laughs> uh, I, I told them that I was well aware of... of uh, some of the swarm components that you had fought. Uh, I have seen some of them with my own eyes, but uh, yes, uh, I'm the best man for the job here. Jan Billings opens up your case and he says, oh, I, I thought we said we could dispense with the pleasantries. You, you all know each other. Let, let's get to the work here. Inside your case, I imagine Amy pops out and kind of crawls towards you, Senia, maybe requesting psychically to be let onto your shoulder. Uh, absolutely. Oh my, uh, Jan is taken aback. Uh, is that a cerebric fungal membrane matrix? How very esoteric and inventive. That's the kind of field research and resourcefulness uh, well, well, we've we've come to expect from you, Zenia. Zenia makes a a proud like uh, makes a proud stance and and looks at Lochwort, uh, uh, you know, like told you so because she tried to tell him before yeah, that it was no. cool. Lochwort is still like that thing's gross. <laughs> you have a fungus on your shoulder. <laughs> Um, as 
yeah, uh, Jan and uh, Loach work carefully kind of transfer the the samples that you have and, and start downloading the the data you've uh, collected maybe while studying on board the Terminus Wild. Um, um, what was there anything else you wanted to, to say to Loachword or anything you wanted to do in this handoff? Um, there is something that is not in the kit that you may find of interest. Um, and she pulls from her pocket, from her breast pocket, um, a, a pe- the piece of crystal from the Temple of Hylax that she found on Suscalon. Oh man, I, I thought you were going to say a trox eyeball. <laughs> I mean, that's in the field biologist. Uh, oh, oh, right, so. right. <laughs> yeah, just some odds and ends in there I threw into <laughs> that help. Um, yeah, so this crystal, Xantos looks it over and and uh, then like kind of brings out like a microscope eyepiece up to his uh, his face and is like, this perhaps has uh, magical qualities to it, some kind of uh, energy field around it is... is is this something you pulled off of Suscalon? It is. I found it in the Temple of Hylax on Suscalon shortly before we left planet. And it seemed to have a very strange effect on the dredgers and Vorfoma that were around it. Um, it's They seemed almost dazed when nearby it. There's a whole section of R&D in the SDF and the BBRC that is looking at anti-psychic uh, communicative link um weaponry um perhaps this is something that they might be interested in uh, is this something we can keep yes do you know what they're hoping to achieve by doing so um you know that there are like short range like personal weapons that can like disrupt swarm and like cause them to be like sickened or um kind of like shut them down for you know, stun them for short periods of time. Um, right now, they only work on like a single swarm component and they're super not cost effective. So maybe something a greater range. Um, maybe maybe there's some more applications than that. Yes, honestly, I, I think that this is in safer hands with you than on me as uh, as I continue to work for the SDF. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Jan Billings will kind of take it and give it its own protective case while uh, moving the rest of the samples. Uh, Lotor will come up to you and, and say, uh, um, listen, Zinnia, I need not tell you that our mission here is, is more important than the SDF's mission, as well as your squad mates' lives. You know, if you're able to collectively kill a few hundred, maybe even a thousand swarm components, there are still millions of them out there. The only way this war ends is if we find some unknown trigger, some hidden weakness the swarm have, and, and we, we exploit it and drive them back. They are relentless. And until we develop that weapon that can kill them in the thousands or millions, then this war is, is pointless. And we should all Understood. just retreat to the pact. Understood. I, I believe the SDF has a similar mission, although their uh, their resources are severely limited. We we really rely on the BBRC for that reason. It, without our research, the SDF has no hope. I made my points fairly clear on board the Terminus Wild, but I will say them again plainly here. I think at one point you will need to choose between your mission and the SDF. And ours here and the vanguard of the research community. And I hope for all our sakes that you choose with your brain instead of with, you know, your heart 
uh, instead of loyalty to an organization that sees you as a uniform and not a, a scientific mind. Are you suggesting that the BBRC and the SDF are not in lockstep with one another? He uh, is kind of mutters to himself and, and maybe recounts bits and pieces of what happened to his laboratory and the evacuation of Branoa and how they were looking to destroy um, some of the the research instead of um, packing it up to uh, to evacuate because they didn't want to fall into swarm hands. But um, Jan Billings kind of breaks up this this conversation and, and says, uh, now listen, Zinnia, if you're able to be assigned to more missions that can get you into direct contact with the swarm again, then the BBRC would be greatly appreciative. And speaking of appreciation, while we have still tied up a, a vast amount of funds. Uh, trust me, I, I'm I'm working diligently to unfreeze Susklin assets in the wake of the devastation there. But in the meantime, I do have a present for you. That's exciting. He can lead you into uh, another room. Uh, this one looks more like a, a testing facility. Uh, and inside there are a number of very large backpack units with SDF colors on them. Uh that kind of house these large tanks that you would strap to the back. And each of them is filled with a clear yellowish goo. And Jan says, uh, these are prototypes uh, we are developing for the SCF, but I figure that before we roll them out in mass to your brethren, uh, you might have your squad make a, a good test audience. Um, these are called organic printing vats, or OPVs for short, and well, it, it's a mobile crafting station that can convert UPBs and other materials into organic prints. So, say you're out in the field and you run out of ammo, you can't make it back to base. Well, soldiers with this can print their own bio batteries, or even whole weapons for that matter, and, and keep on fighting. Uh, we would love to have one of these in every single squad, but it is a little cost prohibitive, and resources are one thing that is severely lacking these days. Uh, but I'm happy to say that I've been given permission to uh, equip your squad with one, so long as you can report back with any data you get from matter printing with it, report on its strengths uh, of the objects that it creates, as well as combat effectiveness, hardiness, that kind of thing. Um, I would consider it having paid for itself, and it is the BBRC's gift to you. Yes, I would be thrilled to to test out the prototype. And as for my loyalties, I assure you and Lochwar that my loyalties lie with the BBRC, but for right now, I think that my place as part of the SDF is the best place for me to be because I can keep an eye on them and also hopefully gain more research for uh, and, and specimens to bring back to the BBRC. Xantos is a little suspect, but Yawn seems to have not listened to anything that you or Xantos said. Is like, uh, okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, if if you need help getting this to your vehicle, just let me know. Uh, it is, <laughs> uh, I, I've put it in the, the loot pile, the organic printing bat. Uh, it is a piece of tech from book two, but it is a seventh level item, and it is a huge backpack. It is uh, three bulk. <laughs> So you could like slug it back to base, but uh, it's it's pretty heavy. Wow. Okay. And it is in, indeed uh, uh, exactly what uh, was described, a mobile crafting station that um, you can print up a, I think most any item under uh, two bulk. 
So you can print up guns and things like that just using UPBs. I'm sure my cohorts will ask me how I acquired such an item. Do you have suggestions? I mean, we're, we will be rolling these out to other squads, but uh, uh, I can inform your commander that you've been uh, selected as one of the, the tests squads. That may help. Mm-hmm. How how on the download do I need to keep my involvement with the BBRC from the SDF? Uh, well, that is uh, entirely up to you, but um, so long as you're fulfilling your obligations to the Susquehanna Defense Force, I don't see any reason why you you can't have uh, a contract going with us. Nothing nothing in the rules about it. And I, and as GM, Patrick makes those rules. So I, I guess maybe I don't make them for every game, but they, they seem to think it's not a problem here, at least. That's comforting. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, right. So heading, heading back to the, the base after that. Uh, yeah, I do want to mention that there's a, a some goo from a Trox eyeball, and um, they may want to take a look at that because uh, this is coming from a Trox who um, exhibits some some strange behaviors and uh, uh, strange features, unusual features compared to other Trox that I have studied. Um, and I'd kind of like to know if it's on a cellular level or if it's mm-hmm. purely psychological. Uh, they they might look at you and and ask if this is like swarm related. Like, was he bitten by a swarm creature and or infected with some kind of disease? He has numerous times been bitten by swarm creatures. So yes. <laughs> well, that that's not exactly the same. But uh, uh, Xantos will look at you and be like, that is kind of low priority for us. But I can <laughs> see if I have time. <laughs> Somewhere in the upper hand, upper right hand corner of your screen, you just see like Devasha will remember this <laughs> if he ever finds out about it. Takes like a <laughs> pair of tongs and like a plastic baggie and like as far away from his body as he can, kind of like yeah. plunks it into the baggie. Yeah. I imagine the eyeball would look weird too. Uh, I mean, it's I don't know. He's clouded in darkness and graviton energy. It, and also, a, they look a lot, it's a bug they, eyeball. Yeah. Also, yeah. it looks a lot different when it's outside of your head. So it's also just sort of e, kind of yucky. Yeah, yeah. Gross. That happened last week. Um, <laughs> back at base, yeah, we see uh, Devasho waking up with uh, a hastily thrown together patch that uh, I imagine Jenkser is able to to make you uh, uh, after you came back, just holding your face, <laughs> holding a, a a claw up to your face. Yeah, yeah. Jenkser was able to throw together uh, throw together something just kind of imagine made of like leather straps that are normally reserved for you know uh adjusting armor and you know some some metal to protect the the like you know occipital kind of bridge and uh that's you know very rudimentary it's it's the the lid of a uh apostle sauce jar with a bungee cord right (laughs) yeah that's what they have around the base um rebecca when zinni gets back to base um it's still fairly early morning. I don't think this detour took you very long, just dropping off some samples. Uh, you do see another familiar face from the Terminus Wild wandering the hectic hallways of the New Gracken City Hall. Uh, that of Zelenan in his uh, ceremonial miter uh, in, in one hand, kind of looking around, mandibles clicking eagerly as he sees you as well and says, Oh, my Zinnia, it is delightful to see you again. I, I, I was looking for the commander's office, Commander Najiri. Uh, uh, could you perhaps show me the way? It is good to see you too, Zelenon. Uh, 
and she'll happily uh, escort him to the commander's office. And the rest of Midnight Squad, you guys are already there waiting for this meeting with your former evacuee, <laughs> your former high priority target, Zelenan, who when uh, when he sees you uh, will say, oh, why Midnight Squad? It is good to see you all. And hello, Commander Nijiri. It, it is nice to finally meet you in person. Oh my, it it is great to see you all in one piece, but Tavasho, you look... Why uh, Why don't you tell the commander that you need to rest more? <laughs> You've lost an eye. Yes, unfortunately, there was a incident when we tried to uh, peacefully put down a bit of resistance from the Reckoners, and I have lost an eyeball, but uh, it, it I'm seem sure like I will get it replaced eventually. Oh, you need sleep. This, this soldier doesn't look like he's slept since he's landed here. Uh, I'm as rested as I will ever be. But I appreciate your worrying of me, Zelenon. It is touching. Oh, why don't you all tell me of your time here on New Graca in this last week? I, I've heard news. You managed to take out those rabble rousers. How old is Zelenon? <laughs> it's, like, it's like he's bajillion. aging. It's like he's aging fifteen years every sentence. I don't get that many very old characters. Jabir, just let me have this. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, no, we'll we'll montage as you can recap him, and you know he's been just helping volunteer wherever he can here on Ultranius um, with uh, with settling evacuees and at the the hospitals and things like that. Um, the reason, yeah, you guys called them in was to look at these pictures that were on Sister Sparks' computer of potentially ancient carvings in some kind of underground cavern. Uh, that is that is what you had the SDF eggheads kind of like pull off of her hard drive um uh what what questions do you have about those so they are indeed seem to be perhaps hundreds of years old they look ancient and you believed trust that they were perhaps sheeran in origin mm-hmm. so uh, what, what questions do you have for Zelenon now that he's here is this addressed to anybody or just specifically to bert and trust well, if anybody has a, a question for Zelenon, feel free i'll do my old voice we found evidence of some tunnels that are beneath the uh, surface of this planet. And, well, I have reason to believe that they are Shirin in origin. I was wondering if there were any stories uh, from the Great Migration uh, that tell of uh, uh, subterranean uh, excursions. Oh, you say these carvings are somewhere here on Ultranius? This is what this Sister Spark had here? Yes, we uh, believe so, yes. Well, I, I'm not sure, but it, it could not be mere coincidence. Uh, you see, the first settlers here on Ultranius from Susklin a uh, hundred years ago uh, were indeed Hylaxians, but th they thought indeed that there was already a sacred site here that they wanted to retrieve, and, and they built their settlements on, on top of, of where they believed it to be, a, a, you know, a stilted building that was at the time above the sea waves, precariously on, on the edge of the ocean called the, the House of Friendship. Uh, it's now in the old town on the outskirts of New Graca, but they think that they built it on an old cave network where Shirin tried to settle here centuries ago on, on their great exodus. The site was lost after they moved on to Susklin, but they, th they thought they had it. They, they thought they knew where it was Though they were never able to find an entrance, 
but, but, but perhaps the priests of Hylax who constructed the temple were drawn to it in another way somehow. Maybe they could feel the power of, of the place. For it is said that while they were never able to find the cave's entrance, they, they could feel something beneath the rock. Mm. A mystery of a cave entrance does not bode well for any investigation. I wonder, might we have some some other way to try and figure out where we can find ingress into these caves? I, I mean, yes, if 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 Sister Sparks ha- had these photographs, perhaps uh, she knows, but, well, I'm looking at these carvings. I'm, I'm not an archaeologist, but uh, from this style, I would indeed say it was Sheeran and hundreds of years old. Possibly from that failed Sheeran settlement on this planet. But this subject matter, it is quite disturbing. He'll he'll lean over Tress to you and, you know, um, there are now printouts all over um, Commander Najiri's boards here of, of what was on Sister Sparks' hard drive. And uh, yeah, Zelenon will kind of point to a few of them and say, do you see these characters here, Tress? They, they're familiar to you, right? The, yes. These... These are Kucharni, the, the language of our ancestors before the swarm. You see, uh, if you find any more of these reliefs in the caves, I, I would love to see them. They are they are very rare. I see. Well, we will do what we can. Well, how, how, do you, how do you all think that the Sister Spark, these Reckoners, were able to find these caves? I, it is like you mentioned that you, I believe that, like you said, that the, the Shirin that came to settle here could feel the power or feel the presence of something from the caves. I believe that Sister Spark has been able to tap into that same feeling and it led her to knowledge, but that is all conjecture on my part. Do you believe that she did not have physical access, but some sort of spiritual connection to them? Um, Zolanon will kind of look at Commander Najiri and he shakes his head for a while and says, no, 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 the... While it's not unheard of for the swarm to make allies, uh, let alone use subversives like this, I mean, they just eat everything. I I could not understand why anyone, including the Sister Spark, would sympathize with them, let alone try and help them. Uh, These Reckoners would hardly be the first organization to form uh, like this, however, sadly. People do terrible things in the face of fear. Um, you, you're fortifying the colony, and and those of us in the priestly order, we're, we're in the healing professions. We're doing the best to strengthen our our fellow citizens' minds and hearts for the trials to come. But sometimes it isn't enough. He kind of like goes off on his own little tangent there. Mm. Any any other questions about? Uh, how, how much is other artifacts that predate the Sheeran's involvement from the swarm are there? If these writings are as old as you seem to think that they are. Well, not not many. It is basically all that our people could carry when they escaped the swarm's degradations. There was very little of what we believed our home planet left after the swarm destroyed it, but few bits of, of writing and media remained. But this could be a, a very large discovery if we were able to find these caves or or could they be? You mentioned knowledge of prior swarm-proving groups. Hmm. Was there such a group on Suskelin that you were aware of before the attack? No, I, I unfortunately did not pay too great attention. I was very in-depth in my studies on, on Clutchstone Ridge. 
Oh, but yes, it is a very troubling thought if if there were people out there affected painfully by the the psychic connection of the swarm. Our ancestors, the Sheeran, we had to fight long and hard, we believe, during the gap to free our minds of the swarm. Mm. They were successful, but we know so little about how they did it. If there's any possibility that the swarm is trying to reestablish connections with with others, psychic connections, why that's quite frightening. Oh, um, he seems extremely disturbed by by talking about you know the swarm's psychic powers. Um, why, why don't you guys give me a sense motive check as he's kind of trying desperately here to change the subject. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. So many threes. So many threes and ones. Oh, my lot. Thank you, Sprouts. Yeah, nope. Just it's, it's like all below 10. And then uh, the detective, thank goodness. Uh, what did we get, Miles? Uh, 28. <laughs> yeah, you, you you know for certain that there is indeed something that Zelenon seems to be holding back. His mandibles like were about to start like chittering and, and psychically tell you, but he seemed to like divert himself. Cut the crap, pal. Tell us what we need to know. Oh my, Sprouts, I, I, I'm i trying to help where I can, but- You're not I'm, telling us everything. I'm sorry, I, I cannot stop thinking of the attack on Suskelin, the, the, the way they came for my temple, the, the strange trance that they entered. I, I can't help but wonder what it was all about. I, I didn't want to mention it on the Terminus Wild as you all had your hands full that entire journey with Santa most hurt. Um, but uh, yes. I did not want to sleep at all on that journey. Santa most hurt? What was his <laughs> name? You say you did not want to sleep. Are these psychic transgressions into your mind worse when you sleep? I was having regular nightmares ever since we left Clutchstone Ridge. Uh, every one of them, I, I could sense that terrifying presence we felt while leaving Suskelin. It called out to me, and something inside me knew its name. I knew what it had come to do, you see. Its history, its ambitions, and in one moment, I didn't want to admit to myself what it was, what it still is in my mind. I somehow knew what it was called. Well, spit it out. He says three words psychically in your mind in a whisper as if he didn't want anyone else in the base to, to hear it. And as soon as he says them, it is in your minds as well. And it's like you've known it the entire time ever since you, you heard that terrible psychic scream of leaving Suskelin. Says the words, the God host. Um, and, and continues on and says, Whoa, what stranger is some of my fellow Sheerans that escaped Suskelin? Now here on Ultranius, they've come to me. They've told me they've been having similar nightmares. And without telling me what that name was, they too called it that. That name, the God hosts. He seems kind of shook up by by saying all this and, and we'll we'll have a seat and Commander yeah. Jerry will like pat him on the, the shoulder and, and give him a, a small cup of tea. Yeah. Devasha would also go and try to comfort him and say, Thank you for, for saying that. I think it is I know this is tough and I believe that we are all experiencing some mental exhaustion. But it is good to know all these things. All this information coming together could be the key to unraveling what the swarm is trying to accomplish. Mm, yes. 
um, Commander Najiri will will go back to her desk and she's like furiously typing up some some action reports and and uh, some intel. Um, but uh, we'll we'll come back to you maybe after a moment. You guys can talk amongst yourselves, relax for a bit after this this rundown. And she says, uh, regardless of whatever spiritual or historical significance these caves might have, if there are as large uh, a cavern as these scans seem to display, they are surely uh, of a militaristic value as, as well. SCF engineers have been looking for something like this to use as an excavation shelter. If the war does come to Ultranius, we want to make sure that we have defensible positions places for civilians to retreat if you all are willing to to find these caves perhaps scout them out give them a, a quick geological readout then we can send in city engineers as well as sdf maybe get to work on making some habitable shelters if if you are looking to continue your your mission here then i can make this your next priority question mm-hmm. if if these caves potentially contain something that resonates amongst the populace to align them with the swarm do we want to send civilians into them well if there's anything like that in them for certain we would need to shut that down as well whatever called the reckoners perhaps made them find this location uh we will need to deal with it one way or the other <laughs> if if you are indeed uh Willing to take this mission, I would ask you all to be careful, though, for who knows what's been sealed down there maybe the last hundred years. Indeed, Captain, we will. Commander. 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 Oh, uh, <laughs> Tress, you've been in the SCF way too long. <laughs> um, she she takes uh, um, a few holographic projectors and requisitions them from another room and lays out a map of the city. And then with another projector overlays this map of the Reckoner's base. And New Gracca is kind of like on a little um, a peninsula uh, surrounded by ocean. So she's trying to like size where it could be. And if there's like an entrance to it near the edge of the city where this old Gracca um, house of friendship is, the um, the Sheeran house of friendship, uh, as you guys are like moving around and... and investigating it those sprouts on top of that map you notice uh something in that neighborhood uh nearby and it kind of raises raises some suspicions with you it is a small cleaning business called viber clean okay. like a laundromat or uh right dry cleaning and you uh instinctively pull that bloody rfid shit from your your pocket that you find at the reckoners hall and your mind starts racing as you think this could be a laundry tag from this very establishment. Okay. Uh, Sprouts definitely is going to be wanting to check that out. Uh, give me a computer's check if you want to do some quick Infosphere research. All right. That's uh, 16. Um, you're, you may be able to find the address, and it is indeed nearby the, um, maybe like a block or so away from the the House of Friendship. So it's in that old Gracca neighborhood. Um but uh, you're not able to find much anything else. It is a, a very small, what seems like automated uh, clothes dry cleaners, like a, a sonic dry cleaners. Do you want to spend some more time on it? Um, yes. Uh, if you take 10, I think you'll be able just to, to crack some more information, maybe 
now that you have access to like city halls databases like uh, a 10 minute rest uh no just uh, uh taking 10 on this will take maybe a few minutes while everyone else is talking to uh to do some more computer searching oh yeah yeah absolutely um and uh you're, you're able to find through like city halls records the the owner the name of the owner named uh victoria stoop uh and you cross reference that with maybe the rest of sister sparks computer and because uh, you you're pretty sure you've seen that name before and it uh is indeed one of the names that was listed on sister spark and the the technomancer thisks computers as a target of blackmail the owner of this this uh this business so the reckoners were trying to blackmail the, the business seems to be yeah okay. the, the owner at the very least okay well uh sprouse is definitely i mean this is where his head is right now ever since i mean all we can think about right now is the loss of his partner. So this is his immediate concern. He was mostly blocking out a lot of that conversation <laughs> mm-hmm. um, until, you know, obviously he kind of perked up when he didn't think things were on the up and up. But th- yeah, this is definitely what he wants to do next. Commander Jury gives you the same spiel. She's given you a couple of times now before she sends you out on a dangerous mission. Uh, she says, uh, so make sure you are all equipped Muster out as soon as possible, and uh, Father Zelenon, we can arrange travel for you back to your domicile here in the city. Uh, Zelenon will shake his head and the worry that he had kind of worked himself up into and says, that that won't be necessary. Uh, you needn't go out of your way, but if Midnight Squad, you're heading to Old Town, uh, I would love to travel with you all once more, uh, this time with no scientists on board to muck things up. Am I right, Sprites? <laughs> Sprouts tips his hat to him. Oh, yeah. Um, so you guys... up, it smells like Lotswarten here. <laughs> Do you have scent as an ability? <laughs> Do you have smell scientist he, as he, an ability? He, he, has, he has definitely locked on to the stench that is Xantos <laughs> Lotswarten. Something smells like nerd in here. <laughs> it's just every time somebody walks in with, like, like a plate of, like, uh, pizza oh. rolls, it's like... You're like Xantos. <laughs> um, Hot right, pockets in so. loneliness. Ah, it must be Lochwort. <laughs> wow, he really is my NPC avatar. <laughs> <laughs> you guys describe. I'm like, yep, that's me. Um, do you? Uh, I mean, you guys got a good deal of loot off the Reckoner's Hall. You can break it down into UPBs if you need to buy something or. or recharge you can but uh um if if not uh we can we can move on to old town that very day oh before we leave the commander's office um Mm -hmm. i believe that uh zenny would take that opportunity to share with the team and also with nijiri there uh the the piece of equipment that she had been given at the bbrc Ooh, yeah I, i imagine everyone is very excited to see that if you uh I mean, it will still take the same amount of time to craft the material, but you can do it like on the Anywhere. road. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a pretty cool piece of tech that is not game breaking. It is a little if you are unable to carry it. <laughs> if you're just like <laughs> dragging it behind you. <laughs> but um, I've already added it to my equipment, so we're good. Yeah. Oh, can you carry it yourself? Yeah, I think so. Oh, nice. Are you able to fly while you're carrying it? Yeah, like I I put it in my um, character sheet and I have, because I have a backpack, it increases my strength to where it takes mm-hmm. more to become encumbered. So I think that that's what's saving me. Gotcha. Nice. That makes sense. 
But I mean, if anybody else wants to carry it, you're welcome to. I mean, what's the next most heavy thing that you have? Like a pistol? <laughs> oh, I guess. Yeah, the, I mean, I just I'm not carrying much. Like everything I have is light. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's cool. Uh, so I mean. It is still bulky as a three bulk item, uh, but yeah, you can kind of slip it on over your 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 wings, and uh, it, it definitely increases your profile a good deal. But you're going to carry it around then. Uh, as we're walking to Old Town, I think Devasho would stop. Oh, at one. you can you can take a, a vehicle there if you want. Oh, to well, as we're as we're driving to Old Town, I think Devasho would all of a sudden like put his clawed hands in his face. And just realize that at some point he's gonna have to tell his husband that he lost his eye. <laughs> oh, you're and, and in like, trouble! And all of a sudden, like he's dreading. You see him like in cold sweats, go like, "Oh no!" Oh yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be awkward conversation because the first question I will ask as your husband, Tyler, will be, "How did you lose?" It? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Devasha might even look at Sprouts and he's like, "Sprouts, I need you to fashion a really cool story." <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing we have this organic uh, production vat. Maybe we can just have it like pop out an eye. <laughs> oh, I should have I should have saved that Trox eyeball liquid, and I could have made you a you new eye. You had Trox eyeball liquid, and you told me nothing. <laughs> I always carry a my, my good name. half gallon of, of Trox. <sighs> <laughs> my husband is extremely perceptive, and I am very bad at lying to him. Oh, he's great. This is going to be very, very bad. The entire time. Uh, as you guys are talking about the the capabilities of the, the matter printer machine. Oh, yeah, I could print you up a, an eyeball. Yeah, yeah how many eyeballs you want? I can get you an eyeball in about an hour. Well, based on my current combat rating, a spare or two would be great. <laughs> um, as as you drive from the rest of the city into old Graca, it, it does have very distinct kind of like older architectural style. And you notice buildings are more compact, a little, little cozier than some of the, the larger four or five story steel framed um concrete and glass in, in the rest of the city. Um, many of them perhaps having the architectural marks of being about 100 years old, so dating back to the the, the first Susculan colonization of Ultranius. Um, and much unlike the rest of the city, you find uh, maybe some things that they, they didn't see as a, much of a priority later on. There's a, a small park with some trees and, and greenery in the center of it. Uh, and slightly beyond that, you get your first site of the House of Friendship, a, a multi-domed um, Sheeran structure that is a uh, indeed a house of worship for Hylax, built with a very, very harmonious eye to kind of not overshadow the rest of the, the neighborhood. It, it feels like it fits right in here. Um, as you drive by, the doors are wide open. In the courtyard, you see neat rows um, of tents that seem to have Susculan refugees in them. Um, so there's multiple species of children kind of playing together, running through the, the yard. And Zelenon asks you to, to stop here and says, if you would be so kind, uh, I would like to get out and, and pay my respects to the local clergy. Perhaps speak with the goddess herself on your behalf. I, I will pray for your safety if you are indeed able to find these caves. That would, that would be most generous. Thank you. Oh, trust, uh, especially if you're able to find anything of religious or, or Shirin historical import. I I would love to see it. 
Um, I, I will stay here and you all can find me if you would like to talk or if you are in need of any healing. Um, I, I would like to see all your faces again soon, happy and healthy to boot. So do be careful. Psychically, he'll he'll reach out to you, Trest, and, and Zelenon will say, Keep them safe, cousin. Keep them like they were our own kin, for friendship is a, a great bond. I shall be well. It is a short drive to the sauna mat, Vibraclean, uh, a couple blocks away when you arrive there. It is open for business, but uh, it is, a, <laughs> I mean, it's little more than a counter and like a small automated computer. So maybe two or three of you can fit in there uh, at one time. Um, so Sprout, you can, you can pop in very easily. I'm sorry, our, our large Trox friend, but there's not room in you for here, uh, except to like maybe like scooch in and yeah, no, he, he won't even try. He, he just kind of sees inside and goes, "I will wait out here." Yeah, so it is supposedly fully automated. Um, the only employees are the machines here, and um, you see what looks like a large hopper, kind of like moving in and out of the wall in front of a or behind a computer console, um, where it seems like you would present a shit and it would automatically bring your clean clothes out after a certain amount of time. And Sprouts will probably uh, take out his little thing and try to yeah. basically see 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 what it gets me. <laughs> it's just like a little diamond that you can tell has some computer chip inside of it, um, maybe plastic, and has like a V on the, on the front. Uh, and as you tag it, it um, kind of sets the automated system moving. You hear what sounds like some electrical machinery buzzing in the back of the business behind a door that is marked employees only. And yeah, a moment later, a, a small plastic wrapped tiny article of clothing comes around uh, out of a slit in the wall. And uh, you recognize it immediately as a Raxolite jacket, one belonging to Briar. So we, he take, I mean, he takes the, I mean, obviously he's going to take the jacket off, but he mm -hmm. wants to inspect it thoroughly to see if there's any, any hints or clues or, or something like why why was Briar's jacket uh there is a note on the the cleaning that it was uh well one it's dated about a week ago and it reads uh um plant bloodstains and concrete dust uh if you look over the article of clothing there's a, maybe a small patch of what looks like electrical scoring so something that couldn't be cleaned out um like in the the jacket's shoulder um but it has been, you can tell it's been cleaned in that area several times. Um, is there anything else I can i can glean from this from this jacket? Sprouse definitely thinks it's weird that this jacket's here in the first place. Like, if you were going to murder someone, why get their jacket clean? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe this was done before she went to the, the Reckoner's Hall, but um, it would be a fairly odd coincidence for her to be investigating over here. Um and you can probably think up a, a few reasons why maybe indeed the Reckoners were in this building or uh, nearby and, and she was tailing them or something along those lines. Yeah, that or she could have been known she was getting made and wanted to send a message in case uh, Sprouts found her. Like his his mind's definitely racing through various possibilities. Um, can I roll perception to see if there's anything else in the jacket or is, the, is that all that's going to be there? That's all that's there. Uh, I'll, I mean, you can take a look over it multiple times. Um, whoever else wants to look in the building here, the only thing else in, in the Vibra clean is, um, yeah, uh, that door uh, in the back, a plastic door marked employees only. Um, but if you try it, it is locked. 
Um, uh, can we try to get in? Because it, it does seem weird that the Reckoners would want to blackmail a, a laundromat that's not even run by a staff. Uh, it would be engineering or a, uh, a maybe a sword slash to like break the door. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to lockpick, that would be a engineering check. Uh, Sprouts is going to give it the old college try. Can this be assisted? Sure. You want me to try? I was about to say, we've rolled, uh, what, a 12 miles? So even even with AIDS, it doesn't seem like something that you'd be able to do here, would you? Can yeah. I just shoot you, the lock? With that plus three, it doesn't seem like you'd be able to. Um, Rebecca, did, do you, would Xenia offer? Yeah, yeah. I'll try my hand at it. Sounds fun. Yeah. Are you guys all okay breaking into... Uh, a dry cleaner. I mean, Devasha's outside, so he has no clue. <laughs> Zenia rolled a natural 20, or Rebecca rolled a natural 20. <laughs> okay, for 32. So you give it the old Fawn's uh, Strix <laughs> wing shuffle, and like, as soon as you spin around, the door is open. You're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I like how easy that was. What happened? I like a style, Wings. Mm, this is hard. This is DC 25. Uh, Indeed, back there, it just seems like a lot of machinery and um, kind of sonic bath chambers, as well as um, racks and racks of kind of hanging uh, plaster crap clothing here. Um, but yeah, nobody nobody is here. It is an automated space. This is just where perhaps someone would come if the system needed repairs or something yes. like that. Perhaps it's definitely give a little once over to see if the, everything's on the up and up, if there's no... Uh hidden compartments or, or maybe a, a drop-off stash. Seems yeah. Extremely weird and paranoid, but that seems like... Well, I mean, for, for... Yeah, well, for him, like, it, just, it makes no sense why the Reckoners would be blackmailing this place if it's not even run by anyone. Like, it's just... It's, it's really weird. And then his dead partner's jacket's here, so for Everyone. him... He, Everyone else here sees Sprout's like obviously grasping at straws. If 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 he's explained this, do the rest of you think he's that not something in this laundry mat basement area? I mean, so uh, hold on, can we clarify the timeline here? So it's suggested mm -hmm. that uh, that Briar's jacket showed up about a week ago, but yeah. when did Sister Sprouts? kill her? Do oh, we gosh. know that? Sister Spark. Sister Spark. <laughs> oh, Sp okay. We can't keep misnaming her. Sister I did it twice Spark. last week. <laughs> Wait when a minute. Did she kill her? Perhaps. Mrs. Sprinkles was her name. Mrs. Sprinkles. <laughs> you believe that that blood, yeah, to at least be a few days old? Maybe it's a week old? I don't know. Yeah, so we don't know the exact timeline, but it's close. So, I mean, I mean, for Sprouts, I mean, it makes sense. And, and as a good detective, you don't leave any any lead unturned. Does anyone else think he's indeed suffering some, from some kind of grief at this point? Uh, having I mean, you listen, pal, you're too close to this. You got to take a step back. Take a real good look. Not a look from your own eyes, but a look from everybody else's. You're a little too close. I feel like you, you might be a little clouded. Sprouse just kind of looks up at Echo, shakes his head, and then goes back to what he was doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, at this point, if the rest of you want to go back there with him, uh, you can also make a perception check, including Devasho. If you want to squeeze into this tiny um, laundromat uh, dry cleaner, you can. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it makes reasonable sense to turn this place over. I mean, we, if I remember correctly, we sort of identified this location by like, you know, sort of doing map overlays and using the data that we had, right? I mean, it's it's only a few blocks away from the 
house of friendship and the cave system is at least like five blocks so it, it's within the range of where right. the, okay. so, the so, then it's, so then the, it was so then the rfid was sort of what brought us to this specific spot yeah that's it's just uh indeed coincidence perhaps but uh that is uh sprouts was definitely here after you know uh Marlowe uh, shows you guys the the clothing. Um, you're you're pretty sure he, that that is true, but oh, Briar Briar was here. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Sprouts, <laughs> Sprouts is here. Sprouts right is now. here now. <laughs> Sorry. We see him here. Yeah, you're you're 100 uh, sure that she was here at some point. It, uh, it, I'm, I'm going to help Sprouts turn turn the place over. Yeah, I will also Devos- take a look. Devos is just still outside. He's just watching people watching. Is it dark, perchance? I imagine there's not a ton of light back here. Yeah. Um, do you want to uh, give a roll, Miles? Yeah, it's not a good one. I'm rolling like garbage today. So uh, 13. Do it. What is the highest roll here? It'd be a 29 from Xenia. Jeez Louise. Assuming uh-huh. it's vision based. Uh, yeah, it is because you might spend like five minutes or here, like going through the machines and like swiping every single article of clothing on the racks. Um, not finding anything until you indeed move one of these automatic kind of folding machines, um, Zinnia and see what looks like a, a loose wall panel and just kind of like push on it a little bit and just, it falls over and reveals what looks like a, a narrow stone staircase leading to a, a basement uh, kind of walled with cinder blocks. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to step outside and radio back and let them know that we found something um we're gonna go and explore uh yeah um commander najiri will indeed give you the the go ahead and if you give her the the address she is gonna note it okay great in case you guys never come out right (laughs) um yeah so you you can pry this panel open and and the first thing you notice as you guys look down here is it's it's very musty um there are cobwebs kind of in the the corners of this 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 hidden basement it almost looks like um it was just kind of like cut out of the the rock that is uh, beneath the city here and there's a kind of a handful of chunks of of stone scattered across the the floor of of this chamber um uh but there's nothing else down here it's just a dank dusty basement do any of the other walls move uh give me another perception check if you're taking a look around here. You guys can light up whatever you want or, or leave it dark. No, leave it dark. Looks at you with dark vision. <laughs> it's a 29 from Sprouts. The darkness does not help all of us, Zinnia. Yeah, I'm going to turn on a flashlight. <laughs> oh, turn the lights off. I'm Zinnia, not Batman. Um, I mean, there's, there is indeed nothing down here on the walls. You can move some of the cinder blocks. Um, but Sprouts, as you're walking around, uh, kind of near the where the floor meets this back wall of, of cinder blocks uh, you notice a section of the southern part of the room where they are are very loose and you can kind of feel like air whistling be- between these these cinder blocks and it is I mean it's a solid wall but there seems to be something beyond it um, it is difficult like you you can barely move these these Rocks are, or cinder blocks are, are in there tough, but uh, um, if you, if anybody wants to try and push them out of the way, that would be a, a strength check. Yeah. Tress going down there. Oh, yeah. boy. Only a 10. Oh, no, I'm Still sorry. Still level four, gang. 
that's not <laughs> that's not good. I was looking at your perception. I was like, how do you roll a twenty four? Boy, no. that's high. Um, maybe uh, Devasho and, and Tress can can team up here. Sure, I will attempt to help you, friend. So you might get like purchasing yes. a couple of the the cinder blocks and uh, rip together. These are not my best checks. It would really help me if maybe somebody could take hit point damage. Might help my check <laughs> a little bit. Um, why did I even open my mouth? What'd you get? Two, two. Um, okay, so it barely moves. It is definitely like it's not been masoned, but it is interlaid in such a way that it is very hardy. Um, so. Uh, you guys can continue trying and we can, we can be here for a little bit. Uh, if you want to take 20, you can. And anybody that wants to aid can. Um, and we can see where you get with that. Sprouts will try again with his minus two to strength. Okay. You, you, you might be able to aid, but I don't think you'll be able to do it yourself. I'm, I'll point that out right now. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing about dice rolls for ability checks is they have the worst bonus. And but who did you get there, um, Drew? That's a 19. Ooh, you might have a better purchase than the rest if um if you guys just want to roll to see if you can aid him. Sure. Uh, I will allow it. As this is the first time you've rolled a check. Oh, we've got a, an aid from Devasho. Ooh. You also Tress have not, an aid from Zinnia. Trust not. Yeah, help. does mine count? Ooh. <laughs> Did, oh, yeah. <laughs> Straight 15 on the dice. No uh-huh. bonus. That counts, <laughs> and that will be enough with a DC 22 for three or four of you to just rip these rocks away and after you get like a few dominoes tumbling of these cinder blocks um, about five or six fall out of the wall nearly collapsing on on poor sprouts underneath and indeed those of you with dark vision can see um, more than 60 feet of of darkness in a dank tunnel um, beyond beyond this this cinder wall what is your guys's marching order moving down these these tunnels I better take points. We do not know what could come against us in here. I'll I'll stand behind uh, Devasho. Sprouse is gonna hop uh, hop on his uh, his standard ride. Echo Seven. Uh, Echo Seven or Zinnia? Do you want to be at the back? Who wants to be at the back? I'm wondering about that because I feel like Zinnia could probably slip away or around if we needed to. Hmm. Or should I pull up the rear, Zenia? What do you think? Yeah, what's the ceiling height? So right here, this tunnel section looks to be man-made and only for kind of basic humanoids. So it's only about six feet tall here. Uh, Devasha, you oh, are going to great. have to oh, great. claw your way through, squeezing the entire time. Yeah, never mind. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in front of Devasha. Is, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Is, is this rock and dirt? This is stone. This is crap. I cannot burrow through stone. <laughs> this is like stone um, is rock, right? Right. Well, it's different. If it was just like, oh. there's a difference between like solid stone and just dirt and rock. Oh yeah, <laughs> quite well, a big difference, I would say. I guess put me in the back then. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm I'm reading on here. Uh, the walls of this part of the cave, might even if be they were different. even. Even if they were ten feet wide, if they're only I'm, six foot I'm, tall, then. I I love the the amount of detail that are in these piezo adventure paths. Uh, the walls are quite smooth with layers of sediment uh, infused with fossilized remains of thousands of bioluminescent sea creatures, and it does give off a, a weird green glow as you guys kind of move forward. So I, I would say you'd be able to you know kind of claw your way through uh, with your. Um, uh, 
which burrowing which, ability. Yeah, burrows. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. What what is the floor like? If the floor is dirt, then couldn't he burrow? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm saying he. I'll allow you to use your burrow speed here. You might still be squeezing in some some bits and pieces, but um, it might open up a little bit here and there. But this part of the tunnel, yeah, seems to be man-made, seems to be indeed for humanoids. Uh, Tress, do you still want to go in front of me? Because my burrow speed is still only 20 foot or whatever, so I'm still slower than you might be. I mean, my, my speed's 25 feet. It's not that big a deal. Okay, cool. I'll burrow out in front. So... Yep, I've I've got country order. So I, I think mm-hmm. hold on. So our order is Devasho, then Trust, then Zinnia, then Echo with Sprouts. Uh, that's what you guys want to do. Yeah, sounds like it. Does that sound good to you, Drew? Okay. So as you're you're moving forward here, it does begin to descend somewhat. This very very tight um, tunnel, and you feel like you are are getting kind of lower um, into the the rock face where maybe you will get some more kind of like stone walls um uh here and it will kind of bend around some stone every once in a while um to to follow the the layers of of uh ancient sea creatures here in this sediment and eventually it does kind of open up a little bit and you can hear perhaps distant sounds what sounds like a whistling air or perhaps trickling water in, in parts of this cave. And it does get indeed a great deal more um, moist. Uh, I know that's everyone's favorite word. A little more, <laughs> a little more dank uh, and, and cool in this, this cave. Um, but uh, yeah, you all are bathed in dim light as it seems like pockets of the walls here are indeed glowing with a, some kind of bioluminescence. And eventually this this tunnel will open up into about a 12 foot high tunnel. And this is kind of made of stone. Um, but what you do see here is there are kind of like live lichen or moss patches of, of bioluminescent cave um, uh, plants that, that seem to light up the, the caverns. Um, and um, yeah, you, you enter into a room that is about uh, 20 feet high. Um, uh, while you guys are walking, if anyone's interested, you can make an engineering or physical science check, and I can give you kind of the some more details on the composition here. I'm not sure if anyone's entirely interested. But. Oh, a lot of people are interested in your bio-luc- bioluminescent lichen. Ooh, I got a 21 from Sprouts and a 22 from Echo. You have a lot of time in the back of the party to kind of pick up on maybe the composition of this this stone walkway here um maybe riding on his shoulder you're able to make some conjectures between your um it looks like you've rolled engineering drew and sprouts you've rolled physical science uh it seems like indeed the stone here has been stabilized by massive injections in in pockets of a, of a chemical formula that has turned it into a kind of concrete stone. Um, and you know for a fact that that is kind of how New Greca is, uh, the, the base is built. There's these very large pillars of stone everywhere. And uh, yeah, that helps protect this area and perhaps is why it is still intact from some of the other stresses around the city. Um, but you're pretty sure looking, you might see some pockets of like collapsed caverns that they would be very unstable in like those areas 
um, if they aren't part of the the new Gracken kind of like base stone, which is you know less than a hundred years old as as part of the the, the colonization effort to to make the city possible. Um, you're pretty sure though if you just tried to like dig out a section and you come up on this room where there's a few caverns that look like they have collapsed. If you try to do it by hand, it might cause further cavens. Um, does that make sense? So there's like kind of like an, an a natural occurring elements of of the caverns, and then there's an unnatural, um, like a chemical concrete that was used for the city. So, and if we were to degrade that chemical concrete, it could cause further cavens in the natural cave sections. Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. Um, yeah. So as you open up into this next room, I'm going to take us to another map that I've just called caverns. This caverns map. Oh. Alrighty here. It indeed does look dark and dank. It's about 80 square foot, this little cavern here. Devasho, this is one of the first times you can stand up completely without stooping, as it is indeed about 20 feet tall. Uh, you see in person what it seems like was depicted on Sister Spark's archives. The entire walls of this cavern here are, um, you know, have these carvings of these reliefs, these very intricate reliefs of very strange insectoid figures with this very precise style. There's a minimal negative space. Um, there are some that definitely resemble swarm creatures. There are others that are like a little more artistically drawn, I guess is a way to describe it. Um, some have these oversized mandibles dripping with fluids. And um, the only other feature of this room is uh, right next to Zinnia, as you move forward, uh, you see what looks like a huge crate, a uh, very modern crate. Um, on top, you see maybe some beakers and things, and it is pitted with acid burns. Can I uh, snap photos of, of all of these reliefs and maybe do a culture check to see if I can figure out what it is? Sure. Um, I'll, I'll explain as you as you roll that. There is a... a collapsed cavern to the west and the south and then to the east here there's just like a what looks like a modern heavy duty plastic sheet kind of um, uh, closing off the next section uh, it's 28 on the culture check um right these carvings you can tell are made with laser technology but very outdated like not very strong so it's almost like the, as deep as they could get was maybe this very base relief um, which is why there's not very, like, this wasn't chiseled. This was laser etched. Um, and you know that they are indeed likely Sheeran in origin, but perhaps could date from that early period of the Sheeran Exodus. And um, I think most everyone would have a general knowledge of the Exodus. It was in 40 AG. So this is right after the gap when they were able to escape the swarm about 300 years ago. Hmm. Um, so probably, probably about that old uh what what was the 28 uh you also are able to um tell that perhaps these ancient sheeran use this for some kind of ritual purpose as it does seem to be religious in in origin um sprouts uh, is probably just like um offhandedly remarking about this as if he was like this art student <laughs> Like if you see here, then, um, and and mostly because he's feeling a little more vindicated that he, while no one may have, um, while no one may have specifically said that he was paranoid, that was probably the general sentiment he was feeling. So <laughs> he feels he feels a little vindicated that that there is something going on with this place. 
I can guarantee you there is. There's a map in the AP, so if that's any indication, we might be here a bit. The um, uh, the rest of you, if you guys want to make a perception check, uh, taking a look at these um, kind of stylized swarm figures uh, carved into the wall here, uh, you can. Um, there's a lot of them, so finding sense in them is, is a little difficult. Anybody can make this perception check. Oh, oh well. We can Anybody make- but me. <laughs> Oh, that was silly. What'd you get, Tyler? I got a natural 20. Oh. And But I do have a minus two to this, so it's still <laughs> only at 23. Uh, but <laughs> you're going to hate me. Uh, it is DC 23 to <laughs> to notice a section. And uh, do you speak, Sheeran? Uh, yes, I do. So if you're able to read it, it does seem like these swarm figures are actually the written... Uh, Sheeran language. They're like stylized characters, almost like kanji that look like, you know, like bugs, like um, almost like hieroglyphics of the, the, the language. And cool. uh, I don't know if you are interested in bringing trust in over this, but um, there is one phrase that seems to be spelled out in these, in these letters. And it is awakening to the nightmare. Mm. Trust. What do you, what do you make of this? Does you, do you think it is, has something to do with, Zelenon's reoccurring dreams. Awakening. Awakening the nightmare seems ominous. I believe it says awakening to the nightmare. Is that correct? Oh, thank you. My my shearing is rusty. <laughs> uh, yeah, my I mean, ears are a little plucked up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your hearing goes bad when you lose them. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is unclear what this would mean. Um, it's we should examine more. Yeah, it does. Uh, he, you can take a look and basically tell what he's able to see here. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of context uh, looking for the rest of it. It looks like a lot of it is just kind of artistic as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, there aren't any other messages maybe, here. Maybe there's uh, maybe the message continues on subsequent uh, panels. Yeah, but um uh, maybe Zinnia, as you've seen it a few times now, um, one figure that kind of catches your eye is indeed uh, a depiction of a, a like a hunter swarm creature who has the same kind of curved claw design that the Reckoners seem to have requisitioned as um, it has been carved into this wall for centuries. Um, but this is the Reckoner symbol, and underneath it is this very large modern crate and it, uh, it is outfitted with, indeed, an electronic lock. And there's what looks like the um, detritus of maybe um, some kind of science experiments on, on top of it. But uh, it is is a, a chest. There seems to, it's, it's a fairly large crate, maybe like five feet wide. Um, there seems to be a number of things perhaps inside. Does it appear to be trapped? Ooh, I mean, do you want to, if you want to examine it, give me a perception check. So 17 would be is it dim or dark in here? Uh, it is dim, dim light. Oh, so. great! That's a nineteen. Is this a vision-based perception check? Uh, yeah. That's a twenty. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't see any any traps on it. Um, just the small electronic kind of computerized locking mechanism on the the outside of this this fully metallic crate. Um, why doesn't anybody give me anybody want, uh, wants to take a look at this crate? Uh, uh an intelligence check. Ooh boy. I said it very zero too. <laughs> Who rolled a zero? It says twelve for me. Oh, does it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
uh, yeah, we've we've got uh, 17, 18, 18. Um, looking over this thing, multiple of you, multiple of you remember um, that you were able to find a key card in Sister Spark's stash. I believe that's what you found underneath her table uh, sprouts. Mm-hmm. Um, do you one, one of you, I imagine, still has that that card? Uh, you think it perhaps could go to this locking mechanism? Let's do it. So tapping it on the front of this thing, there seems to be a very loud electronic kind of clicking noise and then a very sharp snap of electricity as it is grounded. There was indeed a some kind of trap and as you lift the lid up, you can tell like five batteries are wired into the the lid of this crate that um, would have been ouchies. A little dangerous. Um, now that you can see it, if if you want, you can disable it uh, with a, a a simple engineering check. Now that it's open, but um, uh, it looks like it will reset and kind of charge, cycle back through the charge if you you close this crate. I'll disable it. Oh boy! Only this only would have been four D twelve uh, plus four <laughs> electricity <laughs> damage. Yes, yeah, so I'm not going to make you roll that right now. This is disabled with the card, but there's a number of things in here. Boxes of what looks like emergency medical supplies, some um, grenades, uh, survival equipment. Oh boy, a bunch of stuff I'm going to drop into your guys' loot pile, but I'll go through it here in case anybody wants to grab anything right now. Uh, there are three doses of spray flesh, three Mark II serums of healing. I guess I might want to distribute those. Uh, there's an advanced med kit, three Mark I web grenades, uh, there's a planetary survival kit, and that has in it a, a compass, a flashlight, if anyone doesn't have one, uh, a grappler with 50 feet of titanium alloy cable line, and what looks like f- about five weeks supply of field rations for five people. Uh, inside, like maybe a, a smaller case <laughs> in this box, there's a number of cred sticks as well as a tier three computer. And you can kind of check these accounts as you go through. In total, there's 5,000 credits on these sticks. Um, They look like they're from all different backgrounds. Some of them might have only 25, 50 credits. Maybe a few have a couple hundred, but it's a pretty big loot drop here. Yeah, that's quite, uh, that's quite nice. Does anybody want to grab anything right now for your persons? Got those three Mark II. Serums. I feel like I need to grab those grenades. Or at you're least kind some of the grenade guy. Yeah, you're the grenade guy. You're um, the grenade guy. You know, grenade guy. I feel like Sprouts might want to just because it's a random thing. Grab the the grappler. Okay. Put it in his coat. Okay. Right. Grapple gun. Um. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to do here? I guess I should ask. What What do you want to do next? So let's see. My well. So my. Did, I'm a detective. My partner's just been murdered, and I have a grappling gun. Now I need a <laughs> bat suit. <laughs> I'm bat plant. Oh, did I not mention Briar's uh, female overcoat is just Batman's costume? <laughs> it's just his gaping cowl. <laughs> That's not. That doesn't exist here. No. Um, Zenia is going to take that advanced med kit unless uh, Trust wants it. it. Nope. Keep spoken for. Feel free to do this in your loot later. But um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. So don't feel like you need to pile uh, tons of field rations in your pockets right now if you want to just <laughs> leave this. 
So did we enter from the north here? Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And the, the, the only other way out of this cavern seems to be behind this plastic sheeting here right. to the. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go base. up and try to just like pull that, pull that down so we can get through. Yep. It looks like a, a fairly modern construction. Um, and uh, I think you can probably imagine that if a Reckoner was able to come down here, they, they might have um, tried to set up some kind of base as well. Mm-hmm. In this, this area, this seems to be like a supply cache. Um, as you pull back, the plastic crate opens into a larger chamber here where this room is full of a lot of this uh, sediment you saw coming down here. You kind of like waving striations in in the wall of the bioluminescent colonies of algae built up in in various levels so it's a little kaleidoscopic as there's some there's green levels there's like a a a red a, a blue level um just glowing throughout this this chamber like organic lamps uh, as well as uh, there's a thick carpet of lichen on the the floor which uh kind of well, it, it maybe is a, a welcome distraction from the, the rest of the caves. It's very soft to, to walk on. Um, there's some fern-like tendrils kind of near the, the northern wall uh, where this carpet is is growing up. But the main thing that you see as you walk in here, and you guys can, can move in wherever you want, is this kind of flickering holographic displays on the southern walls seemingly projected from from hidden emitters somewhere there's there's a few of them <laughs> one of them the westernmost shows what looks like a um, a extremely ordered garden of these strange alien flowers of almost every description um it is cycling through what looks like maybe seasons so you see them sprout and and wilt and wither and then um die and then are born again. The central display here depicts rolling hills covered with uh, very short grass, and every few moments there's alien beasts that kind of come um, blowing through the landscape with these these long, like, um, three horns, almost uh, triceratops style. And riddled with static, the easternmost, the, um, the last display you see, shows something quite terrifying. Long-legged creatures slowly surrounding what looks like sleeping Sheeran. The image cycles through as they move in on the prey. You can tell this is depicting some kind of swarm attack, but the image resets right before they are they are murdered in their sleep. Um, that is what you guys see here. And everyone, uh, give me give me a culture check while you, where you're taking a look at these holographic emitters. Drew, where are you on the map? Wah, wah. Right here. Okay, Whoa. we've got some some good ones, some bad ones. We've got a one, we've got a twenty. Sprouts, you got a twenty, and uh, Zinni, I think you might know this as well as something clicks when you see the centermost holographic display. Um, um, Sprouts, you're you're pretty sure that this is some kind of depiction of the early days of the the Sheeran Exodus from the swarm, um, perhaps before they got to the Susquehanna system. Um, Zinnia, you you recognize this maybe as well, but maybe just the center holographic display as you recognize these beasts and perhaps maybe some of the mountains in the in the background of these rolling green hills. Um, this seems to be depicting Ilumchuva, the um, the planet where you attended college and one of the last planets to fall to the swarm. But putting your your guys' knowledge together, you're pretty sure these are depicting indeed places the Sheeran went on their exodus before 
they they made it here to Susquehann. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and the Sheeran aren't the only ones who have gone to these places. There seems to be a trend here that these are also places that have been attacked by the swarm. Mm. Yeah, uh, easy pimmel. Easy peasy lemon squeezy well walking around here, maybe taking a look at these uh, in greater detail. Everyone make me a will save. Oh, no, 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 a wall of this cavern and like um you can tell that this is also a holographic projection and you can just like put your hand through the wall um it seems to be projected from somewhere maybe there's a projector in the the moss ground but uh yeah you can you can walk right through it um but uh as you guys do i'm gonna need everyone to make a quick initiative roll check no no worries about this but okay Everyone to make a quick one for me. I shouldn't be. I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to roll initiative for, for fun. Well, yeah. Oh. I mean, the, holog- the hologram might, oh. you know. This is a lot of fun. Well, you, you have had holograms in the past on this podcast attack you. Yeah. So I understand. I understand your trepidation here. Um, right. Um, wasn't everyone. Uh, did we roll perception when you came in here? No. You, got, you guys can ro- uh, roll me perception as well in this room. I love rolling my oh, my no. perception. <laughs> Boy, howdy! I hope I'm getting these low rolls out of the way. <laughs> uh, ooh, Zinnia, I think you might. You rolled a twenty-six on perception. Is that It'd be including 29. bonuses? Oh It'd be no, twenty-nine with those bonuses that are listed there. Okay, so I've I've got some bonuses, but you are able to see creeping out of this fungal carpet on the ground here. Looks like a living, moving fungus that is creeping up. Oh, right behind your good friend Devasho. You can act in a surprise round uh, to start us off here, uh, as it is it is going for your friends. We're in combat. Uh, do I have my gun out? I don't think anyone said they have their their weapons drawn. But I can draw my weapon as a swift action and still take a shot. Uh, not without a feat. I believe it is a going to be a move action. So if you want to, you can do that on your your turn. Um, right. Always has his weapon drawn. Spoiler warning: you rolled very high on initiative, so you you'll get to use that probably pretty soon. Uh, here here's a just I'll blow up the art so you can get a better view of what this fun guy is. There's just some some mushrooms and ferns and this tendrils. Fun guy. <laughs> this fun guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that all uh, night, guys. Oh boy. <laughs> That's right, behind your friend Devasho. All right, Zenia is going to uh, yell to Devasho, look out behind you, and pull her <laughs> sonic pistol out. Uh, in the, well, well, I guess I get to, I get to go. This thing's going to make a, a quick little tendril attack on a flat-footed Devasho. Make that attack. Oh, boy, very low. What is your flat-footed KAC? 16. 16. I've rolled a two on the dice, and that is a hit. Stellar. It's whipping out some vines and just grasping at your your arm, maybe your your leg, and squeezing for oh my goodness, so much bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Thirteen points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, ow. And it's trying to pull that arm down into the the fungal carpet, grapple you. No thanks. Oop, I've also rolled a two on on that. It is it does not grab you. <laughs> Uh, I believe that's 
believe that's how I've, I've done grab in the past. Does it? I, I might always get it confused with Pathfinder. I know. But, I, know. Uh, I believe it's actually just if it hits your KAC plus four, which it didn't either time. In the first normal turn order, we're going to Echo 7, who's been alerted to this thing's presence. Uh, what would you like to do, Drew? Uh, Echo 7's going to pull out his azimuth artillery laser mm. and shoot this thing. Please shoot it very good. It's a 17. 17 against EAC? Yes. Oh, that's a hit, baby. For 10 points of damage. Ooh, right. Heavy azimuth artillery laser shot blasting this thing. It creates a huge hole. Seems to do a little bit more damage. It hurts, and you hear it kind of... Um, it just sounds like uh, <laughs> maybe a fire burning in this thing as it screeches out uh, what sounds like uh, wet wood thrown onto a fire. Just... Uh, that is your turn. Zinnia, on to you. You've got your weapon drawn. Yeah, what I should have done in the surprise round is uh, try to identify the creature, so I'm going to do that now. <sighs> Go right ahead. It's a weird-looking guy. I'm not going to lie. It's a 19 on the dice for a 31 on that life science check, and I get a negative 5 to the DC for <laughs> Xenobiology. <laughs> oh, also, it'd be a 33 because I'm identifying. <laughs> I don't think it's... Uh crazy alien of any type. This is a, a plant creature, though, perhaps native to this planet. But that is enough to know uh, three pieces of information. Wait, no, 35? 33. Four, three pieces of information. No, four pieces of information. No, three. Final number, sticking with it. What do you want to <laughs> know, Rebecca? Uh, does it have any special attacks? I'm glad you asked that. It is... Um, a creature called a feeder fungus. You might have read something about this before and recalling it. It does have two special abilities. One's called fungal pod. The other, narcotic spores. Do you want to know about both? I can give you those. Those are two pieces of information. Um, yeah, give me both of those. It can shoot a pod of fungus uh, <laughs> like 30 feet uh, every few rounds and uh, do range damage, and it has a, uh, a critical stun effect. Uh, but the one that you might know about a little bit sooner is narcotic spores. It emits a cloud of invisible na- narcotic spores, which you are all already breathing right now, and everyone in this aura has to take a fortitude save or be staggered. Can I turn on environmental protections to- If you want to do it right that? now, it is a standard action. I would allow you to do that. Okay, I'm going to do that. Uh, I think if anybody wants to do that, I'll, I'll allow you to uh, after the fact, even though this thing did sneak up on some of you. Um, it might give you a very healthy bonus, but I'm probably still going to make you roll that for it to save. Uh, do you want to take a move action? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to stay where I am. But I am going to tell the team that, that um, it can attack a lot of people in one direction, so we may want to spread out, I'm guessing? Yeah, I mean, it has a range, and you, taking a look at its tendrils, it looks like it could reach pretty far with them. Um, you technically have one more piece of information. Um, I will tell you for free that it has plant immunities um, from the book. Is there anything else you want to know? I need to look that up. Um, but, let's see. Um, uh, what else can I ask for? Um, I can tell you it's exact uh, EAC and KAC, if that's of interest to you, or um, 
things like its uh, speed? Um, sure. Just base stats. That'd be fine. Like, uh, yeah, KAC and EAC. Oh, it's uh, EAC of 16, KAC of 18. Those are the target numbers. Uh, that All is right. going to be your turn bringing us to Sprouts Marlow. All right. So this thing is down, correct? Down? No. Sorry. Okay. I, now, that, I, I was really confused by the, the, the X on it. So I was like, oh, Echo 7 one-shot it. No one's congratulating it. So. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what I was doing. Was I like trying to click on, maybe I was trying to click exit the, a window. And I just oh, don't remember okay. how this thing works. I was very confused. Um, so <laughs> Sprouts is, um, so is Sprouts in the, the influence of the invisible narcotic stuff? Um, yeah, you don't know if this has a range, but uh, Zinni, you think just walking into this room, you guys all might have uh, already okay, started so, yeah, inhaling this. He's got, he's got, he definitely got his uh, environmental protections on, so he's going to take a shot on top of so his... It's a standard action to turn turn them on. Uh, you can if you want, or you can just go ham. It's up to you. But it staggers, right? It potentially staggers, yes. There is a save associated. Um, I'm going to turn my environmental protections on. All right, we'll speed along the play to Trest. All right. Uh, looks like I got about 10 feet up until this thing. Um, I'm going to try to buy some uh, attention from this monster. You're moving up uh, right on top of it. Yeah, moving up and drawing that sword. Uh, as you move up on it, a tendril whips around at you, uh, trying to choke that shearing throat. That weird thing beneath their their mandibles, whatever it's called, <laughs> as it is getting an attack of opportunity. What? What? 14 on my dice. That is a hit. And we're going to try and grapple, grapple you as well. Your, your KAC is what? Uh, 17. That is 11 points of damage. And you are grappled as you move into this this thing's range as another one of its mini tendrils just wraps around your throat. Maybe part of your, your elbow. Did, right. did you have a standard action you wanted? Uh, yeah, I want to chop it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you got one-handed sword? Probably pretty useful right now. <laughs> okay. Go right ahead. Ooh. Moving on. Three on the dice. You're whacking at its backside, but you do not find purchase with your sword. Which means uh, we're on to Devasho. I rolled very poorly on initiative. <laughs> wow, you did. Uh, Devasho's going to form a shield and uh, clock this thing in its fungal side. You're going to try to. Yep. Uh, Go right ahead. Let's take a guarded step while we do that. As part of that move action. Sure. Does a, oh, a 20 is definitely going to hit. We already know what your uh, mm -hmm. your armors are. So 14 points of hit you damage. Uh, yeah, so you slam into this thing the first other huge hit. Almost as much damage as Echo 7 here. Um, 14. Uh, it, it does give like a shriek as uh, out of its back, just like a whole plume of spores uh, pop up in your face uh, as you as you make that hit. Um, everyone give me a fortitude save. I will factor in your guys' environmental protections being turned on or not. See how you're doing this next round. Mine would be off on. Does this count as poison or disease? Uh, so this is hmm, is a narcotic spores, and that is a poison effect. <gasps> That'd so be my, seventeen for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my four. Uh, so mine would be twenty-two plus my environmental. You would add in the environmental protections for me. 
Yeah. So you didn't turn them on. I just want them. Does not matter. I have a black heart, Patrick. My heart is black with these undead powers of necrographs. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, and you also have uh, uh, you have some other uh, bonuses to. I have a lot of bonuses to this. <laughs> I don't know if you can fail this. <laughs> um, I, I also get a plus two bonus, uh, racial bonus for uh, saving throws against poison. Yep, as a Rex light, and I think Drew, do you get one as well? I get. I'm immune to disease. Uh, poison. I can still be poisoned. I believe. No bonuses. I'm looking. I don't. As Amaranta. So. Yeah, they are immune only to disease, uh, but can be disrupted by poison and affected by drugs and medicinals. So I don't think, unless I rolled well enough. <laughs> you've rolled a 14 on the dice. Uh, 19. 19. Oh, I'm sorry. Trest, you've rolled a 14. And I believe that is unfortunately a fail for Trest. Whoopies. Go figure. <laughs> Staggered next round. Cool. Um, I probably failed too. What do you get? Well, I have uh, an 11 plus whatever my environmental protections get me. Um, you, you've rolled an 11? Well, nine plus the, my racial two. Yeah. Uh, no, it, no, you you put on your environmental protections and that will be enough to save. Okay, great. Thank you. Giving you a generous bo- bonus if you're taking a turn to to turn them on. Uh, but yeah, it does trust. They, they get up in your snoot as this thing is choking you out and Devasho sprays maybe a, a cloud of them in your face, slowing you down. Um, it is this thing's turn. Uh, it is... Uh, it's going to release its grasp on you. Um, that tendril's going to whip right around and try and grab that sword arm as best as it can. Um, Trest... Uh, and it's probably going to do the same to a Devasho. So let's make two attacks against each of you. Uh, bold first, first one <laughs> is very bold. Uh, first one against Devasho. Okay, an eight on the dice. Uh, your KAC uh, right now against this thing is 18. 18, yep. Uh, that is just a hit and a 19 on the dice. Fortress, two hits. 2d6 damage. First one to Debasho. Minimum damage, 10 points and 13 points for Trest, who is going to remain uh, grabbed, grappled by this thing. Oh, and we're back to the top of turn two with Echo 7. Drew. All right. Your, your boys here on the front line are getting choked out by tendrils. I will take this opportunity to turn on my environmental protections that I did not do the last round. All right. Well, that's a standard action. Do you want to move as well? Uh, oh, that's not a, that's a standard sort of move action. Yeah. Never mind. I'm just going to take a shot. Single shot. Okay. Single shot. It's a 19. Oh, that's a hit. 12 points of damage. Yeah, this thing is blasted burnt alive by the laser fire that actually does a little bit more <laughs> uh, 18 points of damage as you score another very clean hole through this thing's side that will oh uh, and you can move as well if you want it's a pretty small chamber maybe a hundred square uh, uh, feet but um, uh, you've got a clear shot from from where you are yeah it's kind of tough to to know where to go I think I'm just gonna stay where I am uh, Zinnia, we are on to you. All right. Uh, Zinnia is going to take a move uh, back. Uh, and this is 20-foot uh, ceilings, right? Yep. It's maybe 22, 23 here. A little larger. Okay. So she's going to uh, fly sort of as high as she can um, mm-hmm. and be over, essentially, Echo and Sprouts. Clear um, shot. Got it. Yep. And uh, take a, uh, a an attack with her sonic pistol. 
already. You have identified this thing. Give it a shot. So that is a CR8 or lower. Success. And the attack is a 16. 16 against its flat-footed EAC is a hit. Awesome. So that does a total of four damage. Oh my goodness. But it is is flat-footed for the, the remainder of the round. That might help out. So every little bit of damage is going to help here. It is not immune to Sonic, (laughs) by my estimation, which means that's on the board. Sprouts Marlow, you're next. This thing is flat-footed to everyone. All right. So I'm going to make my... Did not expect a Sonic Blast. My trick is CR5 or lower. That, That is a trick. All right. 27 to hit. Oh, that's a 19 on the dice. That's a super hit. That's a total of 15 sonic damage. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, no. Do you have an arc pistol or something? Oh, sorry. St- static, static damage. Right. So 15? Jeez Louise. Okay. No no bonus there, but uh, that's a lot of damage on that. That was almost max damage, right? Uh, it was max regular damage and almost max on the trick attack. Jeez. <laughs> okay, this thing is real hurt after this round of attacks, I can tell you. Very hurt, which brings us to Trest. Staggered, grappled, but you still have a standard action. All right. Question, is it off target now, too? Oh, yeah. Yes, probably good. Okay. good thing to double up on those bad boys. Uh, oh, and it's flat-footed, so. Yeah, but I am grappled, so negating that... True. You're just going up against that 18 KC. Oh yeah. Hey, I did something. Oh, it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter when you guys are rolling 19s all night long. <laughs> yes. All night. Uh, hang on. Hang on a second. I distinctly remember exclusively threes and fours for the, <laughs> the last two and a half hours. Well, at least two turns of combat, because that's all you need. 13 points of slashing damage? Uh, you bring your sword down in this thing, bifurcating it, uh, and Ooh. it does not move. <laughs> the tendrils drop off of you guys, and we're out of combat. Oh, um, we love a good bifurcation. Gosh. Goodness. That's uh, what you get when you roll max damage with a dueling sword. Yeah. <laughs> I hate all you guys and your, your crazy max damage rolls. This combat was hopefully going to be a little bit longer than this. Um, but yeah, we are you're out of combat here, and uh, once once you all as, you, as you're looking around, maybe maybe taking a rest. We'll we'll figure that out. Uh, give me a perceptions check. <laughs> My one-eyed rolls are are showing up well with the dice. <laughs> one-eyed rolls. <laughs> oh, what, what do you guys get? What's the what's the highest? Uh, Sprouts got a twenty-three. 24 from Xenia, assuming it's vision based in dim and dark light. Oh, it's all those things. That is the highest here. Yeah. One moment. I'm just going to. Wow. What did, what did you roll, Rebecca? 12 on the dice. Uh, between you guys, you might be able to pinpoint where one of these holographic emitters is. And um, it is indeed like embedded in the rock. So you just see like a tiny little hole. But if you want to pry it out, it does seem like a, a very small. Um, you know, not ancient, but like hundred-year-old computer that seems to have on it the the necessary data to produce this holographic projection. Um, Rekka, you're maybe poking around this one of Ilum Chuva, the the middle one, so you're able to find that and um, uh, make me anyone uh, either engineering or mysticism check, taking a look at this um, mm. technologically outdated but still very powerful holographic projector. Wow. 
That's uh, <laughs> three twenty ones. That's a lot of twenty ones. Oh my! Miles <laughs> didn't want to join the twenty one club. It's not that I didn't want to. <laughs> Very. Funny. Yeah, uh, I will say that is enough to figure out that these things aren't all technological. There seems to be some um, interest. You can double check this as well. Magical aura about them. Um, in interest as you maybe uh, take a look with with the rest of these folks turning it over in your hands um it seems to um uh shudder a bit and uh, uh all of a sudden projects an image of a a sheeran um um you know like standing out in front of you as, as you're holding it a uh, sheeran who looks very similar to you very similar carapace um perhaps uh, the same uh, eye shape and and some other features and this holographic you know projection kind of like reaches out to you uh, and opens up its mandibles like it's about to speak, but instead psychically inside your mind says to be continued. To be continued. You guys see how big this map is and how little of it we've gotten through so far. Oh, so much map. Oh, I love a, I love a good map towards the end of an adventure path volume uh and you guys have a lot left to explore next week um so okay. so wait would we have possibly just bypassed this whole thing if we hadn't stopped at the laundromat uh i probably would have given you some more hints or some more interrogation of uh some of the reckoners you pulled out there but you eventually figure this place out okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no uh, you got a little leg up because uh you're you're partner briar seems to have done some of this investigation already i look forward to the continuing the story of sprouts's turn as a costume vigilante <laughs> next week um guys thanks for playing with me thank, thank you, you. Thanks, Patrick. This is fun. Everyone out there listening, we got some twists and turns coming next week, and we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Have a great week. Later, folks. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20 and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.